the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. And we are started up on Thursday night. For a lot of people, this is the beginning of the 4th of July weekend. But no, not here at ABK Law. We'll all be here working tomorrow. I got clients coming in in the morning. I have a judicial conference on at noon. And it's one of those Teams things with the video. And I almost always wear a suit and a tie to come to the office. But I'm like, all right, it's a Friday. It's July 1st. Maybe tomorrow I just we have these nice like Dollar Bertuna and Cameron's like polo shirts. I'll wear one of those. But no, it's a video call with the judge. So I'll even be suited up tomorrow. And um, then tomorrow I have a, I'm going to say huge guest. I'm not allowed to say it yet. Joan said it's embargoed until towards the end of the show. But uh, I will say, at least in my opinion, it's a pretty huge guest for a live and local New York City radio show. We are packed full of stuff today, good stuff. Um, I'll go in reverse order. We're going to talk to Lee Zeldin, who is now the official Republican candidate for governor. We're going to talk to Lauren Conlon, who's going to talk to us about what's going on in the world of entertainment as we head into this uh, July 4th weekend. Um, But right now, sitting across from me at my desk here in New York City is a young man who I know for quite a long time, although I will say I've known his father's name for longer than I've actually known Stuart. Uh, I have Stuart Slotnick sitting in front of me. Stuart, welcome to our offices. You get a little closer to the microphone so people can actually hear who you are and what's going on. Um, and there you go. Here I am. And there you go. And he, he looks very lawyerly. We okay there, Matthew? We can able to hear Stu loud and clear? He sounds good. All right. That, that's Sam Bellino on the line checking in with us. Um, and Stu's father is famed criminal defense attorney. And, you know, he actually wasn't just a criminal defense attorney. He was, he, he was a lawyer, a trial lawyer on very ma- many other issues besides just criminal defense. But Barry Slotnick... Uh, became a household name in the 80s and the 90s for his basically unbelievable, unbelievably successful uh, run at being a, a a lawyer here in Manhattan. And Manhattan, which is a crowded field of attorneys, uh, we all try, well, I shouldn't say we all, but many try to stand out. But Stu, your father was one who absolutely did stand out. And let's just start off, what was it like growing up in your household with your dad being such a prominent figure in the city of New York? You know, that's, that's a, a really interesting question because when we used to walk down the street as a family, we grew up in Westchester, but if we were in the city and we walked down the street and I'd maybe hanging back 10 feet and my father and my mother be up ahead, all I'd hear is, 
That's Barry Slotnick. That's Barry Slotnick. That's Barry Slotnick. It was like a trail of that. Well, for those who don't know, your dad's also a tall guy. He, you know, he's, he doesn't blend in that way. He dresses. He's a dapper dresser. So he, he tends to stand out even if he wasn't Barry Slotnick. I mean, and back then, for, a lawyer, for people to know who a lawyer was, it was a big deal. But, he, you know, the cases that I'm sure we'll talk about were huge. But at home, he was a normal dad. He was a family guy, a loving guy. Um, and he worked all the time. Even on the weekends, he was always on the phone. Uh, but he's the best dad. But he was also the best lawyer, too. The good old landline phone with, like, a cord on the That's wall right. and all that stuff. I right? have pictures when we were on vacation in Florida and, and spring break. And we, my dad would get a cabana, and he'd install a phone line in the cabana and run a 100-foot phone line and sit by the pool with those – what do you call those phones? Like the cradle phones that yeah, go on top? Old school. And, and I have pictures of, like, my dad in the background on the phone with a stack of papers there. So because he was always doing it. So Stewart's here for a lot of reasons. Number one, he's my friend. But number two, um, the famed, famed, famed author James Patterson has written a book called The Defense Lawyer, um, and it is about Stewart's father, Barry Slotnick. And Stu and I, um, Stewart's a great lawyer. I- I'm okay, but we've and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll throw Mike Farkas in there as well. You know, we've kind of cheated a little bit because the three of us who all worked in the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office all have fathers who are storied uh, attorneys in their own right. And, Stu, the way I describe it is it's like going through life. Uh, others, like Mike Sabella, who just walked by, whose father's not an attorney, he's walking the tightrope with no net. You and me and Farkas, we have nets beneath us. That's because true. That's we got true. that the power of the phone. You're talking about the phone? We're able to say, Dad. Here's the situation. Right. You know, what do you think? You're right. And that's invaluable. And it, and not only that, because, you know, when I first met you, I don't know how many years ago, 25 years ago, more, 30 years ago. I can't. So 20, even, I, I don't even want to count. It's kind of depressing how well, long well, it's Well, what year did you start in the office? I started 90, in 94. Okay. Well, I was started in 93. So, I mean, there you right. go. Right. So, so there we go. Almost and 30 years. So, so I, I went back and after I met you and I said, because you said, our dads know each other. So I said, Dad, do you know Lou Idala? And he goes, of course I know Lou. And, you know, it's, it's a small fraternity. But not only it's like, hey, can you pick up the phone or what do I do here? It's there were doors open, I think, to us because people respected our fathers. So they Absolutely. respected us. But on the same token, there were some people that held it against me, and that's because of one of the cases that he had, and that Which was the Getz case. Okay, and tell so, folks, refresh their recollection. Okay, so, so you know, it's amazing because everyone in the city of a certain age remembers Bernard Getz. He was known as the subway vigilante. He was on a subway. He was a tall, lanky, white guy, and he shot and he shot four young black kids. This is when crime was going through the roof. Crime the was 80s. going through the, the roof. Subways were a terror ride. Graffiti all over the place, and and the the city was a terrorized place. This the shooting happened, I think, in eighty four, and the case was tried in eighty six, eighty seven. When I think you probably in, still in high school. I was in high school back no, I, then. I just graduated. Just graduated, prep and I was in college. So. The reason people held that case against me is because it was a racially divisive case. Now, of course, we look back, things haven't changed that much because there's so much racial divide still today. But people were angry at the Getz verdict because it was either on one side or the other. It was black or white. And that's where the dividing line was. And it was sad that that's what it was because this case was something else. 
but people held it against me. And after that case, look, my dad for winning that case was an impossible case. Just, you, just to, for one, for people who kind of forgot because it's a long time ago, just give a, a sixty seconds on the facts of the Getz. Okay, so so Bernard Getz went in the subway. He's sitting down there. There are these four kids. They are causing a ruckus. People are moving out of the subway car, except for Bernard Getz, who has an illegal gun on him. And he's sitting there, and they get up, and they surround him, and they say, hey, mister, you got five bucks? And he took his gun out, and he shot all four of them. There was a screwdriver involved, wasn't there? They, they all had screwdrivers. Yeah. You, you know, Some of those kids had really terrible records. I mean, sexual assaults and, and what was scary stuff. He was charged with attempted murder and criminal possession of a weapon and a very long indictment in, in the end. And um, he then fled, and he ultimately turned himself in. But this was the biggest case in the news every single day. In the nation. Who is this guy? They had pictures of him. And he turned himself in, and everyone said, this guy is a hero. Because back he then, people up. were sick of it crime like, in New York City. It wasn't like the beginning of the Guardian Angels and all of that stuff? The, the Guardian Angels already existed, I think, but he was a hero. But then, the, his videotape confession was leaked, and people started changing their mind. Because when he was interviewed by an assistant DA, he said, I wanted to kill those guys. I knew I was going to shoot them the second I saw the smirk in his eye. And he said things that as a criminal defense attorney, you look at and you say, oh, my oh boy, God, right. what am I going to do? How did you get retained on that case? How did you know how gets he, found Barry Slotnick? I do. He he had my, my father, obviously, as you know, had a reputation of trying cases and winning cases. And a friend of Bernard Getz knew my father and he said, you need to meet this guy. And, and was Bernard Getz able to afford your father's uh, fees? Or did your father say, this is the biggest case in the country. I'm going to come down the, the ladder a little bit. Okay, so I was in high school at the time, so I don't know the financial arrangements. But I think a lot of 20s and 10s and 5s got sent in the mail okay. for the Bernard Getz uh, defense, defense fund. fund okay. Because he was a hero to a lot of people that were sick of crime where, in New York where City. Where were you in the verdict? The, so he was found not guilty of the, the assaults, but he was found guilty of what? Possession of the weapon? Possession of a weapon. Right, which obviously... But, there's no was, doubt about it. There's no doubt whether, about it. it and was, what was his sentence, Gets He he did a couple months in jail, and then he got out. Did, and, where were you when the verdict came in? I don't even know. Really? I don't even know when the verdict came out. Because I remember where I was when, when the Attica verdict came in. My dad tried. I was like six years old. I was at my grandparents' house, and they were like, your dad won the case. Your dad won the case. We're going to take a quick break. Yeah. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Stuart Slotnick about his dad, Barry Slotnick, and their book, James Patterson's book, The Defense Lawyer. We're going to talk about uh, John Gotti. Uh, we're going to talk about Bruce Cutler, and um, we're going to talk about the nice suits that Stu Slotnick is uh, wearing today and that his father wore all the time. We'll be right back. So Stu and I were just talking about when we were teenagers and being in high school, and, you know, back then... We both thought, we all think we're invincible and nothing's going to happen to us and we're always going to be healthy. Well, when we're healthy, we think, well, we'll never need a power of attorney. Who's going to think about a healthcare proxy? We think we'll worry about that ah, when we're old, well, you know, when we're sick. Well, that can be any further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. 
What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that really what you want? Of course not. So it's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can. Now, when you're healthy. And how do you do that? You call our friends at Connors and Sullivan. They really know their stuff. They've been doing this for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make these decisions for you. So for a free in-person consultation with a lawyer, call our friends at Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500. Call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500. Looking for advice on that new place you call home? Tune into the one and only Eye on Real Estate. It's a seller's market right now, so let Dottie and her team of experts help you navigate the tricky waters of real estate. Dottie even has the scoop on celebrity real estate. Tune in every Saturday as Citizens Bank Senior Vice President Ace joins Dottie and offers listeners free advice on the mortgage process. Join in every Saturday morning at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back publisher and editor-in-chief of perhaps the oldest black newspaper in the country, the New York Amsterdam News, Eleanor Tatum. It's Reaching Out, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 with an encore at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-278. Especially when you're in federal court, you look at the indictment. It's the United States of America against your client. (laughs) In state court, all of the people of the state of New York against your client. Uh, Yes, it can be a little intimidating. We're here with Stu Slotnick, the son of Barry Slotnick. Uh, We're talking about the the book, The Defense Lawyer. Uh, James Patterson is the author, the great James Patterson. The cover says Columbo, the subway shooter. That's uh, Getz, who we just spoke of, and Gotti. 
Um, so I'm here with Barry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm here with Stuart, who I know for a long time as well. Stu, I will tell you this. When I left the Brooklyn DA's office, if you remember, I ran for city council. I and that. then I, I hung my own shingle. I had that choice. Do I go back to the office or don't? And Noel Downey was the one. He was like, Arthur, you tried homicide. You tried your 15 felonies. Like, wh- what are you going to do? You come back here and supervise the grand jury? You're like, Noel, go. Noel was your conciliary? He was. Noel, Noel, <laughs> Noel was the one who told me, don't That's come back. Because it was advice. it was would have been very easy to come back. Hines was, yeah. you know, was like. He kept me out, and I went into Frank Santos' office. And Frank knew your father well as all. He passed on now. But I still, that's where my Brooklyn office is on 13th Avenue. 13th Avenue is a very interesting, was a very interesting area in the 80s for organized crime. And within the first weeks, if not month, uh, that I opened my own little practice, it was just me, myself, and I, two people who obviously I have a tremendous amount of respect for, my father, and Frank Santo called me in separately, almost like it was coordinated, but it wasn't, and said, if you can make a living as a defense attorney without getting involved with any of these organized crime guys, you'll have a much happier life. It'll be a much better life for you. Mm, And Frank, my dad didn't handle those clients much. Frank Santo did, and he gave me some examples of why. Now, obviously, your dad's a lot older than us, and it was a different time and a different generation. But your dad, you know, if you look at the cover of this book, um, you know, Gotti is after Getz and Gotti. I mean, those are two of the biggest notorious trials ever here in the city of New York. Um, what do you know about John Gotti? Did you ever meet him? I did meet him. As a matter of fact, you know, look, John Gotti rose to power because he killed the boss. And my dad wasn't a biggest fan of his. He, he, his father, my, my dad's office represented him, and when they went to trial, when John Gotti was the lead defendant, my father represented another one of the defendants there, and his office represented John Gotti. And he didn't love him. He didn't really love him. When they were on trial, John Gotti tried to dictate the strategy, and my father would not have that. And when they were going to do their summation, John Gotti wanted to see it in advance. They said, I don't do dress rehearsals. Nice. So there was a little bit of friction there. But during the course of the trial, I was in high school. And I brought my entire class of 27 people. We took a, There was a class called criminal justice, believe it or not. And we went in and we sat there and my dad had arranged it. So I was going to say, he had arranged You would never get 27 get seats in. in that trial. Yeah. And so um, – John Gotti was there. My dad said, John, come over here. Come over here. And John, like, he was re- actually really shy. And he didn't want to come over. Very soft-spoken. And he goes, come over here. And he's like, you know, I don't want to. My dad grabbed him by the elbow. And he said, come over here. Say hello to my son's class. And he just was there. He goes, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was it. And he went and he sat down. Now, his lawyer was Bruce Cutler. Yep. Now, there was a period of time where Bruce Cutler, another Brooklyn DA guy, um, where Bruce Cutler and your father were partners, correct? Right. Was it a slot Bruce, and Cutler? So my father tried a case against Bruce, and it was a great case. When, you, when Bruce was in the Brooklyn when, DA's office? When Bruce was in the Brooklyn DA's office, my father represented a Hasidic Jewish guy, you know, the, the black hat, the long beards. For, my, for office is on, my office is on 13th Avenue, so right. yeah, I know. So it. you know, and there were two, two Lubavitch Jews. They were accused of really beating very badly a black resident that lived across the street. And it was another really racial case. Um, And Bruce was the prosecutor. 
And my father tried that case, and he beat Bruce. And what he did every single day is he made sure that busloads of the Hasidim were bussed in and sat in the courtroom. And then when the complainant was testifying, my father got permission for the defendants to sit in the audience. He said, which one? Pick them out. His theory was all those Jews look alike, and they were found not guilty. And after that case, my father hired Bruce to come work for his office. Is that why Bruce left the Brooklyn DA's office? That's why he, he left. That offer? Okay. That's why he left. My dad liked him. I mean, Bruce was a great trial attorney, and he, he had a big personality, and uh, so my father hired him. Now, according to the book, your dad kind of became friendly with some of these organized crime characters who were accused and actually probably committed some bad acts. And there's some stuff in here about how your mom, Donna, felt about having to go to dinner uh, with these people and socialize with them. What are your recollections of that? Well, my mom didn't. She didn't socialize with these people. My father didn't really socialize with these people. Some people did. Some attorneys did too much. Uh, but my father really didn't socialize with them. He was their lawyer. He was a really straight guy. Some people sort of crossed the line, and some people that we know well, got Bruce, in, got Bruce in trouble. crossed the line. Jerry Chagall crossed the line. I mean, this is not. This is all, you can just Google it. It's not they like got it's a in big trouble. secret. My dad was always really careful to make sure he was the lawyer and they were the client. And my mom didn't like having. Have my dad having them as clients. Look, when my dad first started out, he represented Joe Colombo, who was a huge alleged mafioso. And my dad was just a kid, but he changed everything. And he was, and Joe Colombo said, you're my lawyer. And that put my dad on a rocket ship to getting clients in that world. He represented Vincent the Chin Giganti for years. So it was... It was never brought home, and my mom didn't go and socialize with them, but, you know, it was part of his life for a long time. My mom was always pushing him to stay away from those clients, and like your, like your dad said, you know, my father said, sometimes these clients, the first check is your last check. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I remember what Frank Santos said to me. He said, if you win the case... They don't want to pay you the rest of your fee because big deal, you just did your job. And then he said, and if you lose, you right. get cold down to Mulberry Street and you got to sit on a bar school and stool and some guy who doesn't even know how to read is berating you on what a horrible lawyer you are. That's what Frank told me. And that's kind of why I stayed away from that. Now, your dad went from being into like a, a small firm and that, well, eventually him and Bruce Cutler went their separate ways, correct? Right. Was that a little ugly or... So, so, and look, this is in the book, so I'm not telling any secrets out of school, but uh, at a certain point, Bruce became John Gotti's lawyer, and he got silk suits, and my father said, what are you doing dressing like this? I think it's, I think it's time. You go your own way. Bruce was happy to go his own way because he had John Gotti as a client, big famous client, and they didn't talk for years and years, and then ultimately... I don't remember. Someone someone sort of suggested that we go to dinner. So me, Bruce, and my father went to dinner. We they had never been together for years and years, and we went together. And it was it was like they've been together. It was a like week they've ago. been together. Oh, and I'm, that was it. I'm happy to hear that. So then, at some point, you and you, I guess you leave the office and you join your dad, or did you join him when he went to the big firm? So. So it's actually so my personal path. I was in the in the office for years. I then went to a small civil litigation law firm where we sued pharmaceutical companies for drugs that they made where people got injured. And I was there for another five years. And then I joined my father's law firm. He had a boutique firm that representing all, 
all clients from all walks of life. And then within six months, we joined Buchanan, Ingersoll, and Rooney, which is the firm where I'm still at. It's a big firm, and we have 15 offices across the country. And before my dad retired, he was the head of litigation in New York. And, you know, it was great. I got to work with him every single but day. What, what was, what's the, the vibe like when you work with your dad every single day in the small boutique office versus working with your dad every day in this, you know, behemoth law firm? It was the same because the New York City office was really his firm, but part of that other office. I got you. Except we were interacting with partners from all over other offices because they'd send us clients and we'd have to deal with them. It's great. I mean, it's really great. And um, it, when you look back at it now, uh, you know, you talked about doors being opened. Would you say the biggest door that was open was, you know, wind up practicing with your dad? You know, I learned a lot from him, and they said, you know, it's not about learning statutes or how to introduce evidence. I learned how to how to deal with people and a philosophy on how you want to act with people and how you want to. One thing he once said to me, your client can be your worst enemy. You know what that means, don't you? Well, <laughs> on, a, on a lot of different fronts. But um, so did you actually work at, oh, let me ask this question. Do you ever try a case with your father, both of you at the table at the same time? It, we did actually, but it, it was a, a case in front of Carol Berkman. You oh remember my her? God. She's, a, she's a peach. Yeah, and rough. Uh, it was rough. She hated everybody. She was she was just not my favorite person no. in the world. And you know, it's so inappropriate because we had a client, and she said, "Mr. Slotnick, I have a jail cell waiting for your client." I mean, she literally said that on the record long before we even had trial. And we started the trial, and we were we were asking for a certain offer that our client was willing to take, and absolutely not the the ADA in that case. The prosecutor said, "Oh, I have a picture of Judge Berkman's cat in my office, oh, yeah, yeah, and she yeah. has a picture of my cat yeah, on her, her bench, right, and it. you're not." It was it was. Well, let me ask this question. Up. My my, I never tried a case with my father. Mario Romano has. Mike Sabella has. John Esposito. My like father a, has. Yeah, right. Um, but. My father was too much like I could too much of a taskmaster. I could he's too much of a perfectionist. Like I and the reason why he was never officially in my firm nor I am um, my me and his firm was right. I could never live up to his level of greatness and perfection. And I didn't want to try, so I knew you know I could, I knew I couldn't play for the Yankees, so I just went with the Mets. Um, <laughs> and and the and, and the the Mets are doing pretty good by the yeah. way right now. I, I did you have the thing like and I also didn't want to I have a great relationship with my father I always have and I didn't want to interfere with that at all we've been co-counsel on cases mm -hmm. he represented one sister I represented another sister he represented one stockbroker I represented another stockbroker but we never it was never you know art do this art I mean I would I'd have a PTSD to have him like throw the garbage out there wash the car out there rake the yard Arthur did you have that experience with your father or was it kind of smooth sailing it, it was always very easy. My Believe it or not, you know, everyone thought my father was a killer. He, they thought he was a killer because he won all his cases. He won impossible cases. So they assumed my father was not a killer. He was a pretty soft-spoken guy. He never got in your face. He, To this day, when I speak to people, I run into someone at a bar association or someone, they, they hear my last name, they say, oh, Barry Slotnick was your, oh, what a great guy, what a gentleman. I was his adversary. I learned so much from him. I spoke to a judge recently when she heard about the book, and she said, oh, I was a young assistant, a, a, a U.S. attorney, 
and I learned so much from your father, and he was such a gentleman. He didn't stick it to people ever. He was he really he wanted to have a reputation as being a professional, and and, and you and, and, and look and I'm, he treated everyone that way. I'm going to jump on that too. bag wagon because I will tell you, I, I get the same exact verbiage from other people, defense attorneys and prosecutors and judges. Judge Chun in uh, Brooklyn, right. he called me up on the first time I appeared before him. He's like, your father kicked my butt real good. My oh, first really? trial in Manhattan. Awesome. Yeah, right. and it's been one of them. Now, I don't think people would go out of their way to say your father's a real jerk. But I, I you and I uh, have been absolutely blessed. That's absolutely true. blessed. Um, Stu Slotnick is here. Um, we're going to wrap up now, but I want you to go on either barnesandnobles.com that I'm a big supporter of since I look at it out my window. Uh, it's a James Patterson book. It's called The Defense Lawyer. Uh, it's about Barry Slotnick, Stu's dad, and it is a page turner. I will tell you, my, my dad read it in a day, Memorial really? Day weekend, this past two Saturdays. Ago. That's cool. No, no, Father's Day weekend, two two weekends ago. Yeah, here's all his questions, everything he wrote down. He <laughs> oh, he prepared hey, the interview. They, yep, they bought and, and Brooke, Brooke <laughs> Schwartz. But no, yeah, my dad did, and he um he talks about the cases they did together. They both grew, were born in the Bronx and all that stuff. And all right, all we're gonna go over together. that another yeah, time or, off the air. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Stuart Slotnick talking about his dad, Barry Slotnick. We're going to come back with Lauren Conlon, and then we're going to wrap up the show with Lee Zeldin. So don't go away. So tomorrow... After we do the show, where we have this blockbuster guest, which Joan is going to tell me when I could say it is, it's 6.33. I think I'm about to be able to tell that we have this blockbuster guest coming, but Joan will tell me when I'm allowed to say it because it's embargoed right now. But I'll be heading out to Long Island, um, rain or shine. I'll beat. The, I'll, I'll stay here. We'll do the show live and make sure we beat the traffic. I'm sure Sam Bellino was really thrilled. I'm making him work late, but that's okay. He's a workhorse. And I will go and see my house. And if any of you are looking at your home and you're considering painting it, do, don't do that until you listen to me right now. Call Susan at Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield is this paint I've been telling you about that she painted my house. So I'm not reading some script. I am talking from the heart right now. It is a ceramic coating that is sprayed on your home. I watched them spray it. It's on like multiple days, multiple layers of paint. That's after they scrape all the old stuff off and make sure you have a perfect canvas to paint upon. And she's going to give you a 25-year transferable warranty against peeling, chipping, cracking, mold, or mildew. 25-year warranty. I want you to find some painter where you live who's going to give you a 25-year warranty. It's not going to happen. You better pick a color you like because that paint is going to be good for a long time. Rhino Shield will lower the cost of your house because it holds the hot air in during the wintertime and the cool air in in the summertime. And right now, Susan is offering no payment no interest financing for one year. That along with the strongest discount she ever offers, which is 20% off for anyone who requests a free quote right now. So call today and lock in your 20% discount. Call Susan at 877-744-6608, 877-744-6608, or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com.
The 4th of July sales on at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Almost everything is 50 to 70% off. Plus, take an extra 10% off. Doorbuster started just $5. But hurry, the sale ends July 5th. Only at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop for the season with 50% off everything at Banana Republic Factory. Discover adventure-ready styles from effortless dresses to utility classics from $24.99. Find your nearest store or shop online. Only at Banana Republic Factory. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with a flex Flexibility of third row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Wow. I just go from Stuart Slotnick, Barry Slotnick's son, talking about their book, The Defense Lawyer, which is really, it is a a page turner, especially for New York City crime buffs. And then walking into my office, like a vision, a vision of loveliness in red with her lightened hair crossing between Brooke and Joan. Oh my gosh, this intro. I mean, keep going, keep going. is, Is the one and the only, the entertainment I don't know, what are you, a producer, reporter, director? Sure, all of it, okay. all of it, all of it. Um, we have a superstar guest tomorrow. I heard. And, um, I'm, you know, Joan wants all the credit, so I'll give her all the credit. You should. Um, we're going to, well, well, it's it's a big, it's a big guest, it's a big guest. Are it's you going to tell guest. everybody or no? Well, do you think I should do it in your segment or Lee Zeldin? Like, who's more important, you oh, or Lee Zeldin? Oh, I guess, I guess Lee Zeldin. No way, Lauren Cohen. So tomorrow... On the Arthur Idala Power Hour, I believe for the first time on the AM 970 station, we will be interviewing the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams. And he's going to be on with us for a big, long segment. Uh, I think wow. I got 20 minutes or something like that. And You um, got 20 minutes? Yep, I got 20 minutes. Good That's, for you. Well, you know, he's Sicilian, I'm Sicilian. Um, so he's got swagger. (laughs) I got swagger. It's the whole thing. I mean, Uh, I need to pull you aside because I have a lot of questions. I feel like that I really want you to. I could tell you the question that you have already asked me to ask him. Oh, well that, okay. It it was a polite question. It was very polite. Yeah. Yeah. I I would never be rude. No, it was, um, Mayor de Blasio handed you a city that was in really bad shape. Correct. You've been the mayor now for seven months. Mm -hmm. How much more time do you need to whip this place back into shape? Right. And how many red carpets do you really have to go to? You can add that into. Oh, says the red carpet queen, Lauren Conway. Right. Because that is my profession. That is not his profession. Well, I am going to respectfully disagree with you because if he's doing the city work from like six a.m. to 8 p.m., which I know he basically does, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a good feel and vibe for the city 
to see a mayor who's engaged with the people doing hand-to-hand combat. Because he doesn't just do the red, red carpets. He also does, like, the Bay Ridge Neighborhood Association thing and the Catholic Church thing. Yeah, sure. The- I mean, I, I think that I think one or two less wouldn't be terrible. Okay. It's pretty much a nightly thing. I, I don't know. I don't well, think I'm look, alone in that. But he's, he's single. He's got no kids. He's got no one mm-hmm. to run home to, unlike Lauren Conlon, mm-hmm. who's got beautiful children and mm-hmm. a happy birthday husband. Yes. Is that correct? Correct. We correct. have to talk about that. Uh, yes, of course. Of it was course. a big birthday for him yesterday. Right? It wasn't a big one. It was 39, but yes, thank but, you. Let me tell you something. That's pretty big. Okay. Well, 12 months away from 40 is, you know. Yeah, he's, he's I know. Don't re- don't remind us that we're getting up there. Um, no, I I totally. I'm so happy for you. I respect the mayor. I do. I am. I'm. You know what? I'm jealous. That's what it is. I'm jealous that you get 20 minutes to ask him whatever you want. That's that's truly I what am it is. Definitely gonna talk to him. And if you want um to email me. Uh, you could, I mean, if you guys want to a- email me any questions, just, I, mean, I know those of you will definitely text me some questions. <laughs> uh, those of you who know me personally, but it's Arthur. Wait, what's, what is it, Joan? Arthur at ABK law, NYC.com. Arthur at ABK law, NYC.com. If you want to, I'll ask whatever, uh, rated G question that, uh, uh, that you sent to me. Uh, to ask the mayor. That's great. You should. I will. So it's not the same thing at all, but I interviewed um, one of the members of InSync the other day, and I was I felt all this pressure. It's for my millennial podcast, so I also asked fans to send me questions. But aren't you way too young for InSync? Oh, that's so cute. That's really cute. No, actually, I'm the perfect age for InSync. Yes. How old were you when InSync was doing this? So thing? I was in eighth grade when, okay, yeah, and my right. dad took me to the concert and I cried and it was just a whole thing. You cried so it was for really, it, I did cry. It was very full circle to interview um, Chris Kirkpatrick from InSync. And yeah, I asked, I asked, you know, people on Instagram and Twitter if they had questions and it was really helpful. It made me feel more confident that I was covering everything that people wanted to hear. I, I can ask you a quick question. After the show, yeah. I'm going to do a little work, and I think I'm going to go by myself um, up to the movie theater because my family's occupied mm. and go see Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I mean, if you have three hours, go ahead. And is it three? I don't think it's, it's three hours. It's pretty long. Is it? Well, yeah, it's pretty long. Um, but everyone says I should see it in the theater. Yes, I am I am so big on seeing movies in theaters. I feel like that is where we are meant to see these action-packed okay. films. So, yeah, when, you know, for a while, when the box or the movie companies were sending things straight to streaming and, you know. Oh, boring. That, it's boring. It's so, not as it's not as fun. Well, I don't want to get in trouble with you. So Sam Bolin just told me we have two minutes. Oh, so okay. I'm not going to talk, and you could talk for two minutes. Go ahead. Oh no, wait. He said that. Tell him I love him. No, I'll, <laughs> I have a couple things that I want to tell you about. So Cameron Diaz is coming out of retirement. She's taking a page in Tom Brady's book, basically saying, "Psych, I'm actually not retiring. <laughs> I'm coming back for a movie." So she is doing her first movie in four years um, with Netflix and Jamie Foxx. So that's coming out later this year. I'm excited because I love Cameron Diaz. I think she's uh, an incredible and, and funny actress, and I love Jamie Foxx. So, um, yeah, check her out. Check out her Instagram. You can see all the things that she's been up to. She's a wine company, and, yeah, I just love her. Okay, Arthur, now we're going to talk about some NYC nightlife things, okay? And I know that you and I love this a lot. So there is a new... 70s restaurant in Midtown. Uh, Did you hear about this? No, go it's for called it. Peachy Keen. They have all these cool cocktails. Peachy Keen. So, um, cocktails called Carlito's Way and um, 
I don't know. Is that a 70s movie? I think. I thought it was 80s. Well, whatever. Close enough. A Clockwork Orange. That's 70s. Um, Something about The Godfather. Yeah, an offer you can't refuse. All this stuff, and it's like 70s. Yes, retro. It's great. So Where is it? Where is it? It's 44th in Hell's Kitchen. I mean, I feel like it's going to be a little touristy. 44th is down the block. Like in Hell's Kitchen, though, West Side. Okay. Do you understand? That's why I said Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, that's that way. Do you understand English? Yeah, yeah. okay. Go <laughs> oh, ahead. he's tired from lawyering Come all on, day. We got, that's we got, fair. That's we got fair. 40 seconds. Okay, else? no, Talk no, no. Me. I mean, oh, also, I was going to leave with this that we love is something else. Uh, you know, OJ Simpson, very vocal on Twitter. I don't know if anyone follows that fool, but he is so vocal on Twitter. And there's a Twitter and a TikTok going around with him basically saying women should be allowed to do what they want with their bodies. Yeah, I mean that is like a gift to the internet right there. The the memes coming out. I you know what? If you're bored later tonight, or if Top Gun's kind of not doing it for you, just go down the rabbit hole of OJ tweets. All right, you're welcome, there everybody. We you're welcome. They are so crazy. He's so crazy. Anything? Any big plans for July Fourth? I'm going to New Hampshire, and then my husband and I are going overseas. Thanks to Vinny Levien, who did me a nice uh, favor. The Vinny, best. IGG. Vinny, if you're listening, IGG. IGG. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you're listening. But yeah, thanks to Vinny, I'll be going to Spain next week. All right. Well, there you go. You got the Lauren Conlon Entertainment Report. We're going to take a quick break. Just don't forget to tune in tomorrow to hear Mayor Eric Adams. But we're going to come back right back with um, gubernatorial candidate for the Republican Party, Lee Zeldin. We'll be right back. It was a Friday night. I walk alone to get the feeling right. We started making out and she took off my pants. But then I turned on the TV. And that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23. What the hell is ADD? My friends say I should act my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. 
Being mindful about your health can be a challenge. Invite Health is making this easy with our buy one get one free Independence Day sale. The sale is on now. Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Make your summer better by learning more about health and wellness from me, Dr. Amanda Williams, right here on 970 The Answer, Monday through Friday at noon. You can check out my past shows and podcasts at invitehealth.com. You can speak with a degreed healthcare professional seven days a week, in person, by phone, or by video. To order, call 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or visit invitehealth.com to place your order and check out our retail locations and additional product offers. Take advantage of Invite's limited time, buy one, get one free Independence Day sale. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That number again, 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com. Invite Health. Get healthy, stay healthy. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. I think we're ending the show with, with one of my favorite songs ever uh, by Dire Straits. It's called Sultans of Swing. Lauren Conlon, do you even know who Dire Straits is? I have no idea. Right. Did Sorry. you ever hear that song, Money for Nothing, The Tricks Are Free? No, keep going. Money for Nothing. You know the song, Money for Nothing? No. Oh boy. No. See, folks, I'm trying to like attract a younger audience, and that's why she's here. <laughs> but the fact that she doesn't know Money for Nothing, I Want My MTV, it's Sting and Mark Knopfler singing. It was like the number one song of the late 80s. It's okay. Mm. Um, so it's uh, the, it, when Christmas morning, mm, I'm going to say 86, under the Christmas tree, mm-hmm. mom and dad, excuse me, under the Christmas tree, Santa Claus um, left me. Um, a portable CD player, which was like the first CD player I ever had. Now, this is kind of weird for you because we're like 20 years apart, but like it was a huge, huge deal because everyone had cassette players and now, now it's like you're moving to CDs. And there was a place uh, called, and let's see if you know this one, Joan Will, Sam Bowen Mike, called The Wiz. 
Do you, ever, do you remember the store, The Wiz? No, but also I Nobody grew up in New England. I grew up in no, New no, England. No, no, The Wiz was, a, was a... It was a national oh, chain. Oh, then no, sorry. Okay. Um, and when I had a an opportunity to buy my first CD, I bought Dire Straits, Dire Straits, with um, the song Sultan's a Swing on it. We are... So Sam Boland brought in um, I'm the Man. Well, we are about <laughs> to talk to the man. Ladies and gentlemen, the Republican nominee for the governor of the state of New York, Congressman Lee Zeldin, who we spoke to uh, the night before the election. So, Congressman Zeldin, a representative of the Republican Party in the in the gubernatorial race, I was told I'm not allowed to ask you this, but I need to ask you this. What does it feel when you wake up Wednesday morning and you're like, wow, I am I, the people of the state of New York have decided that I would be a great governor. What does that feel like? Well, the way it worked out uh, yesterday morning, my first thought was, gosh, I could probably sleep for another few minutes. Uh, <laughs> we, we got to sleep late. As soon as we were done with uh, with our victory speech, we got on a plane and flew to Buffalo and I you know, probably crashed around two thirty, three o'clock. I was back up, you know, maybe by six. So uh you know, it was a busy day yesterday, busy day today. Uh just got back down to the uh the area flying uh out of flew into JFK a little bit a little while ago. Um I would say that you know it's ha- it's great to have the primary over with. I'm happy that we ended up winning big. It's uh great to be able to move forward as strong as possible. Kudos to uh, Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino. Uh, they both called Tuesday night. We had good conversations. They were uh, they were focused on winning in November and working together and making sure that we're united and strong and focused because we have to defeat uh, Kathy Hochul on November 8th. And last I'd say is that these next four-plus months are going to go by really quickly. Yeah, I would so, imagine. You know, it, you just got to work hard and take nothing for granted uh, here on out in order to make sure that we're giving a victory speech on November 8th. So, Congressman, just give us a little behind the scenes of what election night is like. You know, years ago, 25 years ago, exactly, I ran for New York City Council. A little little different than running for the, for the governorship, but it was as important to me at that time at 29 years old. Where were you on election night? Where was your wife? Where were the twins? And kind of how did you find out you actually won? So I was with Diana and our daughters, Michaela and Mariana. We have 15-year-olds. They turned 16 in September. And I have, uh, By the way, I have, I have an Ariana congressman. I have an Ariana. That's why I'm, I'm all involved with you, because my Ariana and your Very Ariana, cool. they're only 14 years and three months apart, because mine is seven months old. But, but go ahead. So you, your wife, and your twins, where were you? Yeah, so we we were we stayed. We had a hotel room in Nassau, not that far from the venue, uh, our watch party was at the coral house in baldwin uh we ordered some uh food to the room so we were eating as uh you know the polls were closing at nine and you wait for the results to start coming in i will tell you that um and i told andrew this tuesday night that uh michaela and ariana many different times were uh busy admiring how cute they thought andrew's daughter was um (laughs) that day uh all dressed up at the at the voting at the polling location and you know it's uh it's it, you shouldn't dwell on you know talking about the results before they actually come in you can torture yourself like we don't spend you know that final hour just talking about oh what's going to happen and you talking about other stuff um and you have to be patient cuz it's not like the polls close at 9 and all of a sudden results start 
horn in at 901. Uh, so, may I ask what you are watching? Are you watching like New York One? Are you watching, you know, it's it's not a national thing. It's like, wh- like where are you getting your information from? So we had, uh, so I was, it was in, so I had um, Fox News on TV just to see what the public was seeing. I thought it would be interesting just to, kind of know what they were seeing, even though we were getting more accurate, up-to-date, early information internally. So I, I had a, uh, a document open on my computer where my team was able to input information that was not yet reported, so you're not yet seeing it on Fox News. And we're also able to see where it was coming from. So it was interesting when the results first started coming in, we knew that it was coming in from inside of New York City, where uh, where Andrew was going to do better, and we knew that you know, as results were coming in, they're coming in, and the race was getting closer. At one point, I saw that we were up by five, but I knew from uh, what we what we had internally that that Suffolk and Nassau County hadn't come in yet. So we right. had actually and obviously a you're good in good idea. shape. Yeah, even when yeah, so when on Fox News, when you you were or wherever people were tuning in, you, and if you were seeing that I was down by nine, we already knew internally that we were going to win the primary um, and by a so wide margin what, just because uh, their stuff wasn't factored in yet. About what time did you know you were the winner? It's a good question. I don't remember exactly uh, what time. I, I would say, though, that once the numbers started to get reported publicly was around the time that, that I knew that we were going to win. Um, because you had you had the New York City info popping publicly, but privately we had more than that, and we also we also didn't have. I mean, even internally, we didn't yet have Suffolk and Nassau, but we just knew that we were going to crush it in Suffolk and Nassau. We knew that for you know yeah, we knew well, that the I whole think, campaign. I think every, everyone kind of know that, Congressman. Before I know you have to run. Um, I noticed you didn't mention Harry Wilson calling you, and I think he has a third-party line. Is he going to continue to campaign? Do you know, or did you just forget to mention that he called you? Uh, he, he didn't call. And if he did, I would have been happy to uh, mention him along with, uh, with Andrew and Rob. But, but no, he didn't call. He sent a, uh, he sent a text that said congratulations. Okay. Um, and as far as, uh, as far as the lines go, he, had, he did circulate petitions to create a line, but they did not collect enough signatures to actually make the ballot. Gotcha. Well, Congressman Zeldin, congratulations. And, you know, I think you're entitled to enjoy this July 4th weekend with your family. And the RIR waves are always here for you. It's going to be a great four months. We wish you the best of health and the best of luck. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Talk to you next time. Thank you. Tomorrow night, Mayor Eric Adams. Don't miss it. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.